Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM760 in Hawaii. Uh, a lot to get into on a Friday, so uh, let's not waste any time. Let's head out for the Circus Sports Guest Hotline. And joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, the one and only Lauren Jones. Lauren, how are you? I am doing well, Arash. It's a new year, new me. Okay, well, not quite that, but <laughs> I'm doing well. <laughs> how are you? I am great. That's everyone's favorite phrase, new year, new me. Um, listen, Lauren, I got to be honest. I mean, new year, I was hoping for a slightly different Lakers. Um, again, not the best December. They have not had the best um record since the in-season tournament. I mean, the big thing coming into the season that I think a lot of people were excited about was the consistency and the familiarity with a team that went all the way to the conference finals the year before. They weren't making a ton of wholesale changes. We had seen this group together. They had gelled. They had played well together. And the big thing was, you know, they came in together rather quickly. You know, at the trade deadline, they bring in all these uh, pieces, D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt, and you're like, man, you know, if they had a summer together, if they had a training camp together, if they had, you know, the first quarter of the season, and again, the first quarter of the season, they won the in-season tournament. Um, and since then, and I don't want to blame that. I mean, it just, that, that's sort of like where you kind of look at the turning point. Um, they have not played well. You're at games, you're at practices. What have you seen from this team and why have they not had some success since Hanging up that in-season tournament banner. I am going to blame the banner. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. The banner I agree. Right. Yeah, right. We need to take him down from both the training facility and from Crypto.com, and perhaps the Lakers will return to a pre-in-season tournament <laughs> glory. It feels like when you uh, order something on Amazon and you're like, okay, I know it's going to turn out, you know, it's going to be the cutest thing that I've gotten in all year <laughs> And then you get it, and it's, like, weird material. Like, it's, like, maybe polyester. You thought it was soaking. So I feel like it's just the false advertisement that um, we we start – the season started off, and all the Lakers and Lakers fans were like, okay, this is the team that's going to get back at least to the Western Conference Finals. Um, you know, they were doing well in the standings, you know, taking teams by storm. It just looked great. And then they win the in-season tournament, and it was like – now it's been, like, a Vegas hangover that has not gone away. <laughs> Um, you know, up until this point. And you can just see the um, lack of, uh, in terms of just the vibe around the team. And I uh, tweeted about this after the game um, that they had against the Heat to start the, the year. You can just see that the, the, the engagement and the resilience that 
we had seen before, like, oh, we're just going through a rough patch. Oh, it's health. You know, once we get healthy, then things will turn around. But now we've seen Bando, um, you know, Jared Vanderbilt return to the lineup. We know that Gabe Benson is going to be out for a certain amount of time, you know, post-surgery. And so there's, you know, certain things. And then, you know, with D'Angelo Russell. But I think the biggest turning point also has been since they've been struggling, Darvin Ham has not committed to a starting lineup and stuck with the rotations and so that the team can have a sense of identity and pride in that identity and know kind of day in or excuse me, game in and game out what is expected of them. And that has been kind of conveyed from various players, um, including, you know, the Austin Reeves, um, Vanderbilt, Anthony Davis, who has been playing amazing, um, you know, through the last uh, 10, 12 games and just throughout the season. Um, I think he's put together the most solid campaign for a defensive player of the year, as well as, you know, just overall having one of the best seasons I've seen him have since he's been in a Lakers uniform or ever really in his career. And so it's really disappointing to see all of those kind of factors in terms of, you know, the uh, inability to figure out a starting lineup that works and who the best five players are on the court together. Um, it's really weird. And I think that a lot of people have been questioning why haven't uh, we seen the same lineup that we saw make it to the Western Conference uh, Finals on a consistent basis. Um, and that's been uh, one of the consistent questions I've heard from, you know, all sides, media players, um, you know, and, uh, you know, it's a question I think that that is warranted. And then, um, you know, also the amount of road games the Lakers had in the month of December obviously can affect the team and just in terms of pure exhaustion and, you know, LeBron turned 39 uh, last week. So there's all these factors, but uh, him, LeBron James leaving without speaking to media after the game, the, you know, weird Darvin Ham not speaking first and the left room opening up before Darvin spoke. I mean, there's just like all these kind of ominous writings on the walls and something is brewing and I hope the storm, you know, is able to settle um, before uh, because I think that January is is an ability for them to get back on the right track with so many home games um, in the month of January. But uh, even their record uh, be falling to below 500 for the first time since November 11th is really just not... It's not trending well. Um, yeah, do we want to talk Rams next? No. Yeah, right, exactly. Hey, Lauren, that, that is a lot to unpack there. I, I want to start with this because you brought up a good point. You know, the lineup that a lot of Laker fans fell in love with and they were very happy to see these guys back, you know, some combination of LeBron and AD, clearly, and Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, that lineup, I think, has only been on the floor together for a total of three minutes, maybe four, maybe five I mean, it's it's crazy. Uh, and then we get a report from our uh, good friends, Yovan Shams, at The Athletic on Thursday that, uh, and by the way, as as two journalism students at USC, uh, it was very telling that Shams said six sources. That is a lot of sources. You know, normally you have a couple, two or three. Yeah, two or three. <laughs> six sources yeah. basically saying, listen, that there's some... Um, you know, Darvin Ham, he may have not lost the locker room left, but we're trending in that direction. Um, so let's start here. 
Uh, you being at the game on uh, Wednesday night uh, when they lost mm-hmm. to the Heat again, two big things, and I want you to touch on it because the common uh, fan again who doesn't who's not co- co- who's not covering these games, LeBron is always available, whether it's in the locker room. Generally speaking, yeah. recently mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk. He walked out, did not talk to the media. The Darvinham generally talks first. That was not the case. What do you read into that, and, and what's the general vibe around the team, I guess? Yes, uh, well, what I read into that LeBron not speaking and just, like, leaving without saying anything while, you know, uh, AD was uh, doing his post-game in the locker room, um, I was told by uh, Jovan that he did just walk directly out and didn't say anything. Um, that is not customary, and I think even throughout the game is um, where I sit, you know, in crypto.com, you have a, I have a clear uh, view of the bench, of the Lakers bench during the game. And uh, what I can see was just the body language. LeBron was sitting at the end of the bench for most of the game when he wasn't on the floor, you know, he wasn't really engaged. They, and, and even just the, the team rituals that the, the players have been doing throughout the season, you know, the pregame, um, they do this kind of, football warm-up during, um, you know, the after the starting lineups are announced and all these things that, you know, the chalk toss, obviously LeBron did that, but, like, those kind of just things that have been, you know, you can tell that the chemistry is very tight-knit um, throughout the season. That Those things have not been done in the last two home games that I've witnessed. Um, and so I think that there's the general vibe. You can just tell it's awkward. It's, it's like tension, you know. There's, there's something wrong. And, um, I can't quite pinpoint it, but I think also the combination of Darvin Ham kind of not speaking immediately. He normally goes within the first five minutes, and sometimes I'm, I'm like walking in as he's going, you know, so uh, for his post-game availability. And so all of those things to me um, are, it just, you can tell something's off. We, you know, especially in sports, you're used to routines. And, and once, you know, we're um, over 30 games in, you can tell what things and what to expect in terms of media coverage of what we're going to do, you know, game by game. So if that routine is interrupted by something like that, like, a, you know, Darwin not speaking first or LeBron walking out. And that, you know, unless he wasn't feeling well, then, you know, what she did say earlier in the week that, you know, he wasn't feeling 100%, then that's the only thing that I can say would, would not be alarming. But <laughs> and because that wasn't, you know, on the report or scouting report or anything, um, I don't think that was the case and the vibe has been it's been strange. Exactly. <laughs> so um yeah, to answer your question, that's that's what the sentiments for, for me and a lot of other media members that have witnessed, you know, we're all just kinda of like Around. <laughs> do you do you believe again? I think a lot of fans were very high on the team this season because of the depth that they have, the talent that they have, the run that they went on a year ago. But also, like again, they're bringing that same core group back. Uh, do you believe mm-hmm. the pieces are in place here for a playoff team? Again, you kind of began the season hoping it would be a championship contending team, but listen, they're, they're, they're currently below five hundred. They're currently the uh, ten seed. So I think r- right now you're just hoping for a uh, playoff team, but um, mm-hmm. do you do you believe the pieces are in place there? The reason that, that I bring that up is you know the turning point a year ago um, was the trade deadline, and again they they made right. a lot of sale changes. They went from the 13th seed to a play in tournament playoff team. They went on a, a run. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think they have to make changes if they want to compete this year, or do you think 
the pieces are just there. They're just not being used well. You know, Arash, I have, have grappled with this, you know, kind of gone back and forth in terms of evaluating whether it's just the talent or whether it's the, you know, lineups and, and rotations. Again, because we haven't seen the Western Conference Finals starting lineup uh, <laughs> on a consistent basis, you know, I think that it's hard to say that that's not, you know, that the pieces are there and it's just, you know, how they're being used. So until we at least get a couple games where we might see that, and because Darvin Ham has changed the lineups three, starting lineups three times in the last three games, I think that is, and he did not, you know, um, he didn't wave that off as a, you know, someone asked him lately on, um, you know, after the Wednesday night loss to the Heat, whether or not he would consider using that lineup. And he said, you know, basically we're not going to leave it, any stone unturned. And so it, it's a potential for us to see that uh, moving forward. But I do think that uh, Rob Polinka, you know, was in consideration for, uh, you know, executive of the year because of the job that he did at the trade deadline last year. And I think that he's not afraid to, you know, make changes if that's the necessary, uh, if he sees it necessary for uh, this season as well. But I do think that there's a lot of talent. I do think health has been, was an issue early on, but I don't think that that's something that you can continue to use as an excuse because the majority of the players are uh, available and consistent. Uh, you know, game in and game out. So we'll see. I, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are, though, because, um, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it seems like a combat. Like the storm is just like, you know, there's all these factors that are happening kind of at the same time. It's a domino effect that's, you know, affecting the team very negatively. You know, you, you never want to hear uh, the story that was reported on Thursday, which is basically, you know, uh, the the coach and the players are not on the same page, perhaps – front office and the coach are not on the same page. The six sources thing really stood out to me because again, that, 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 that means it's a lot of people within that locker room. And again, it might, the sources might not be all players, but right. that, that to be honest is like even worse. If it's a couple of players, someone yeah. in front office, a coach, and coach, like, yeah, uh, exactly. you really need to be on the uh, same page. And I've, and I've really been a defender of him for, the most part, but again, his rotations and scheme, um, you know, have not made a ton of sense this season. I do believe that they have the team in place to compete. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I guess I have maybe, maybe it's a false sense of confidence just because again, they, they look so bad a year ago. 13, yeah. they look completely lost. They make the trades that they made and they go on a run. So like, like I'm beginning to think like, Hey, listen, at least they have some tradable contracts. Now, if they wanted to go down that path with uh, D'Angelo Russell and Rui Hachimura, again, guys that I really want to see on this team and, and play well during the postseason, but again, they came back on very uh, you know, quote-unquote tradable contracts, where it's not like you're trying to yes. like, like unload a, a, a contract that you have to give up a first-round pick. So, we'll right. see what they do. Wanted to close out with... Um, the other team that you covered that was below 500, by the way, but is now on a run back in the playoffs, um, the Rams. Again, going into the last game of the season, I was very curious how they would approach it. They are basically saying, hey, listen, we're healthy. We want to stay that way. We don't care where we go, whether it's Dallas, whether it's Detroit, whether it's Philadelphia. We're healthy. We want to stay that way. Carson Wentz gets the start on Sunday. Uh, no Cooper Cup, um, no Donald Pukunukua will uh, play just to get 29 yards and then sit. Um, your thoughts on the turnaround 
this season. You've done such an amazing job covering this team. Uh, what do you think about them? I mean, going into the postseason uh, as one of the hottest teams, I think, in the league right now. Yes, I Arash, we talked about it all throughout the, um, you know, first half of the season, and nobody expected this team, and they just continued to surprise um, people week after week, and especially uh, coming out of the bye week. Uh, you know, they were really able to put together a, a great run um, to first be in playoff you know, consideration, and now, like, actually solidify a chance to be in the playoffs, and, um, you know, Especially with the team being so young, I think is what yeah. uh, stands out. And, and for so many of those players to be key uh, playmakers uh, on this uh, playoff team, it, I think it's been really interesting to see. And, you know, Pugin Akula, his development, although he's not a first-year player, you know, uh, he's still very young and uh, has put together an incredible season as well. Uh, Kobe uh, Durant on the... Um, um, sorry, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, you know, he's in consideration for uh, defensive rookie of the year and, you know, is on pace to uh, surpass Aaron Donald, you know, for the most sacks in a single season in his rookie season. Like, these are really key players that have been doing extremely well and played extremely well for the team that has been able to, um, you know, uh, help out a, a year 15 Matthew Stafford look uh, incredible, but I think also that just the toughness of Matthew Stafford and his, um, you know, resilience throughout the season. I've, I've seen him get hit a lot <laughs> this year and he just continues to bounce back. So it's been really, um, incredible to see just some of the throws that he's made over the last few weeks and just, um, the, the locker room just really come together. I mean, they talked about it at, during training camp how there's such a new energy because of the youth on the team and, you know, because there's so many young players, but now it's like you really are seeing them come together and win. Um, and so they're even more, you know, the, 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 the vibe around that team is, is quite the opposite. They're very happy. <laughs> um, and so it's been really nice to, to watch them, you know, put this together. And then also Sean McVay, um, who is just a joy to cover is <laughs> hilarious and has all his Sean McVay isms. <laughs> um, has talked about, you know, the, what he expects and, and how he balances the expectations of even a young team, um, you know, competing and, and being in that conversation week in and week out, um, you know, but also wanting to mentor and, you know, lead the team, um, you know, in, in, in a, in a healthy way. And, and sometimes his patience being tested as a result of that. Um, so it's been really interesting and great to see them come together and click at the right time. I mean, they're really, you know, they look good. Do you, do you think that there's a matchup that they prefer again? I was actually in Dallas for that game against the Cowboys where they got blown out. And I thought that was kind of a, maybe a turning point for them because they, they come back, they come from behind, they beat Seattle and it's, it's just a totally different team. Again, I think a lot of people, um, want that Detroit matchup just because you're going to get Jared Goff versus Matthew Mm -hmm. Stafford. Mm -hmm. But the last two minutes here, is there a matchup that you want to see or a matchup that you think the Rams would like to see? Uh, Well, I I have yet to be able to really ask that question for the locker room, but I do think that Detroit would be a really interesting matchup considering, uh, you know, the history with Jared Goff. Um, Also, that. Uh, you know, uh, USC ties on that team as well. Um, that would be cool to, to see. Um, but, 
you know, Arash, I think they're going to be prepared. It'll be interesting to see how Carson wins, you know, and, yeah. um, you know, kind of the, the B, B team does against the, the 49ers uh, on Sunday. Um, but, but I think the one thing that I'm paying close attention to is the special teams, um, yeah. because oh, they, the, the one Rams, uh, Achilles heel has been their, um, you know, kicking, uh, problems <laughs> this season. And so, um, they brought back Brett Maher, Maher and, um, so we'll see. But it's gonna be it's gonna be good. It's great, you know. Um, <laughs> we talked about how the Rams have not had fans, uh, you know, real fans and bandwagon fans because of the Super Bowl appearances and, and Super Bowl win. So this might be the season that you know they usher in a new <laughs> um, group of, of, of fans, um, that true fans that that might stick with them if they can go, uh, you know, make a really big deep playoff run with this team. And, you know, the great thing is is that it's a young team. And so I think a lot of fans are falling in love with Kyron Kyron Williams, Puku Nakua, and these are players that they can, uh, you know, young fans can buy their jerseys and say, listen, I've followed them since their first year. Um, Lauren, great job as always. We will uh, have you back on the show um, next week. Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll talk more about the Lakers and uh, a very d- dysfunctional uh, beginning to 2024 for them. When we come back right here on the Marty or Ted Ideas of the California, the Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's head back out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline. And joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Grant Mona. Grant, we talked to Lauren Jones in the, the last segment, and I want to get your thoughts on this just because we've been talking about this a lot uh, this week. But following Wednesday night's loss to the Miami Heat that dropped the Lakers to below five hundred. There was a report Thursday in the Athletic saying that Lakers coach Darvin Ham standing in within the locker room is in question, and I wanted to read for you kind of like the big um, problem here that I think that that, that is it's going to be hard to resolve. Uh, the story begins following their ninth loss in twelve games. The Los Angeles Lakers have hit a new nader in their season, amplifying concerns about the direction of the season from both inside and outside. The organization. There's currently a deepening disconnect between Darvin Ham and the Lakers locker room. Six sources 
with direct knowledge of the situation say. Great. So here's the problem there. I mean, you will occasionally have a source or two uh, comment about the direction of the team. Um, when you have six, and I think that they mentioned that specifically just because of how big that number uh, seems to me to be, um, this is where I think Darvinsham is in a really tough spot because, again, there is a massive difference between Lakers' Twitter having a problem with him and six people within the team. Again, whether that's players, whether that's uh, coaches, whether that's the GM, <laughs> uh, six people have have leaked this. So um, long-winded way of saying, Grant, is there a pathway for Darvin Ham to save his job this season? That's a very good question and one that will probably be resolved soon, I would I would think. Just because usually around this time is when you start getting these. We had it with the Hawks when there's a disconnect with Trey Young and they brought in Quinn Snyder around this time. Um, even when Frank Vogel was doing bad, there was a lot of talk about him. Of course, they did it after the season in that instance, but usually around this time is where you start to see rumors get things getting leaked stuff being talked about and like you mentioned six sources said this it wasn't just one guy it wasn't just a few people <laughs> there were six people that have pretty direct knowledge within the organization that kind of feel that something's off and even austin reeves after the game uh, on wednesday he said Listen, the, the vibe is off. And he, he tried to clarify to the point to where we still get along with each other. But he mentioned that the vibe is off. So when you have players saying it, when you have... Here's the other thing, Arash, that really... It kind of shows maybe this disconnect. Darvin Ham in his post-game press conference after they lost to the Heat, which was a bad loss at home. It dropped them to under 500. Darvin Ham said, well... In this, I'm paraphrasing all of this. He said, well, when our players aren't healthy, it's hard for me to figure out rotations. Okay, <laughs> there's one thing. Anthony Davis, in that same press conference after the game, said, there are no excuses for being injured. We have to play well. So it seems like Anthony Davis has one idea and Darvin Ham has another, just judging by what they've said. Yeah. Anthony Davis doesn't think the injuries should matter, and yet Darvin Ham does. So... I don't, you know, I'm not going to chalk that up to anything more than that, but it just by the way the team is playing, like we've said, Darvin Ham's rotations are not ideal. Um, and I think maybe the players are starting to sense that. They're, they're starting to sense, like, hey, the, the calendar has switched to 2024. It is no longer early in the season. We got to start doing something now to make a run for the stretch run going into the playoffs. So I don't know if that's the front office making a move. I don't know if somebody within the team is leaking it to the media to try to get pressure on the organization. We have seen that before, but right now things are just so on edge to where before the season of rush, I did not think that at this point we would be here at all. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the fact of the matter is the big um, story going into this season is that there was continuity that the same group that had helped this team following the trade deadline, go on this run, go to the Western conference finals was coming back and they were finally going to get, you know, a summer, a training camp, but the beginning of the season to gel. And it looked like that was the case. Again, don't want to put too much weight on this um, in season tournament, but they, they won that they look good in those particular games they were a top six seed at the beginning of the season, but not only have they fallen way far off 
from that pace. Um, when the, when the players are not in agreement with what the coach is doing, if you're not on the same page, if again, to your point, and I want you to touch on this, the best lineup that they have, the lineup that the Laker fans fell in love with, the starting lineup that led this team past the Grizzlies, past the Warriors to the conference finals. The fact that we haven't seen that lineup, but for five minutes or less this season, that's when I begin to think, Players within that uh, that locker room are maybe going to Rob, maybe going to Genie, certainly going to Shams and Yovan and saying, hey, like, we got the horses to compete. We got the guys here. We see what we can do. This guy is kind of ruining it. Um, do you agree with that again? Because the turning point a year ago was the trade deadline. And I'm not saying that they're not going to make a move, but we have not seen – the rotations that we saw a year ago. And again, those, that was the team. That was the rotation. That was the starting lineup that made us believe that this team could contend this season. Yeah. And that lineup, it just makes sense from a basketball perspective. And you could say, Oh yeah, well, D'Angelo Russell's hurt right now. They had plenty of chances to try that lineup out before D'Angelo Russell hurt his tailbone. So I just don't get the fact that because that lineup has shooting, it has defense, can, it has space. If you can touch on what that is, uh, what that group is. Oh, yeah. I mean, that group is uh, it's Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell in the backcourt, and then it is LeBron James, Jared Vanderbilt, and then Anthony Davis. Yeah. So that is the five that was started in game six against Memphis, against the Grizzlies, which blew out the Grizzlies at home. Yeah. And then that's the lineup that started in the Warriors series, which eventually led them past. Jared Vanderbilt had Steph Curry locked up. Steph Curry locked up. That's not easy to do. <laughs> And Austin Reeves obviously went off. He had a great postseason. That's a lineup that gets you a little bit of offense, a little bit of defense. You still have Anthony Davis playing the five, which is what Laker fans love to see from him. And you still have LeBron James. And LeBron James has looked pretty freaking good this year. He looked a lot better than he did in the playoffs last year. So I just don't see why you don't try it. I I understand that you're trying to find a tune and have different guys in and out of the lineup and, and stuff like that. But why not just try that lineup, see if it works again? Because it, we've seen it at the highest level, Rosh. That's the thing. That yeah. pr- lineup didn't just perform in the regular season. No. It performed at the highest level of basketball that you can get in the NBA, in the playoffs. And I know it wasn't the finals, and I know it wasn't the Western Conference finals. But in the playoffs, everything's heightened, and that lineup worked. So... I, I and, and here's the other thing that I want to mention is that I I tend to give coaches a little bit of a leash, especially after they make the conference finals, and just because of where we were at at this point last year in February, that's when the Lakers went on the run. It's not February yet; they didn't make any trades yet. But here's the other thing: what trades are out there that can move this team into that tier that that contender status? Mm-hmm. If you go out and trade for a Zach Levine, you're going to have to give up some really good pieces to get that. And if you go out and trade for, I don't know, a, another good wing star or whatever, you're going to have to trade depth for that. And I and I just don't want the Lakers to panic move. I don't want them to go, oh my God, okay, we'll give you Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura. <laughs> no, no, you can't do that because Austin Reeves has proven to be a cornerstone of this team already. Rui Hachimura has proven himself in the playoffs. He had a great playoff. So for Darvin Ham, 
try that lineup. Uh, do and and the other thing is, what coaches are available? Arash, are you going to go get yeah. Doc Rivers? He doesn't have the best <laughs> track record either. Uh, so you're kind of going to be making a lateral move. I don't know what coach you can go to unless it's within the own coaching staff now. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, right? I mean, again, when when the Lakers went away from Mike Brown and they brought in Mike D'Antoni, I forgot if that was like five games into the season. I mean, it was. But generally speaking, if you if you make a a, a change halfway through the season at the midway mark, um, you're probably bringing on a coach or or promoting a coach within that team just because it's going to be really hard to bring in a brand new coach. I mean. The, and again, it's not going to be Doc, but at least I don't think so. But, you know, I mean, the only way that that would work is if you kind of just bring in a guy to kind of calm things down, be a locker room presence, be a Dave Roberts type, not to knock Dave, but kind of like, you know, a guy who, who could just be like, yeah, guys, like, I know what you went through, you know, a player's coach. And so we'll see what they do. But uh, the most disconcerting thing about that story that came out Thursday and the reports that we've seen around it is, the, the number of sources, the number of players, the number of people around that franchise. And again, when I say it's not just the players, you know, if you have people within clutch, whether that's Rich Paul or, or someone else, they basically saying, hey, like, we got to get him out of here. And, and once that happens, like maybe, you, you know, we know the influence that clutch has with that team. And I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily because of where the Lakers are now versus where they were prior to LeBron joining them. However, um, it does give you a glimpse of the dire position that he may be in right now where, I mean, I, I don't know what he would have to do at this point to save his job. Again, when a story like that comes out and if this continues, and the most amazing thing, Grant, which I want you to touch on, is the big, like, like Gex factor for this team. And again, we've talked a lot about the rotations and starting lineups the most frustrating thing is they're they're having these problems and they're losing these games while Davis is playing like a top five player. I mean, when you look at the numbers that he's put up during this stretch, and again, it began with the like in season tournament, which you know uh, sucks for him because it, that those numbers don't count towards oh, his man. towards the season. But uh, what he's done during this run has really proven that, like, okay, this is the Davis that you want to see. If this team can be, can be a championship contender, you're going to have to have him play like this. Well, he's playing like that, and they're losing games. Um, your thoughts, if 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 the way that he's playing, and again, like LeBron playing the way that, that he has, um, I think that heightens things. Like, like, I don't think that they can just kick the can down the road and say, Maybe they'll figure it out, or maybe we'll do something in the summer. It's like, we got Davis playing like this. We got LeBron playing well like this. Like, we've, we've got the pieces. Maybe we do a tweak, but, like, we need to change the coach at this point. Yeah, Arash, you make a great point to that. I think the reason why there's so much pressure and there's so much heat on this team right now is because you have LeBron at the end of his career. You have Anthony Davis performing at the prime of his career and doing it at a healthy, he's healthy and he's performing at the level that you would expect a guy that's being paid $61 million a year to play. Yeah. So I think Laker fans understand that and the front office understands that and they say, 
look, we wasted maybe one or two years of LeBron's prime the past few years. We can't afford to do that again. Because if LeBron's playing at this level and Anthony Davis is playing at this level, you want to win now. You don't want to wait until next year and say, okay, well, we can try it again next year. I don't even think LeBron's in her contract next year. I may be wrong because I remember he signed that extension. I'm not sure if it's for another year. So even LeBron is kind of saying, look, I'm going to give you guys a year or so, but and that's this year, to get it together. This is probably one of my last chances to go on a title run. And I know LeBron's probably going to play another year or two or whatever it may be, and he's still at the prime of his back end of his prime, the way he's playing. So he wants to win as well. And look, LeBron didn't even talk to the media last uh, on Wednesday, and that's yeah. just not something that you usually see. Um, so it does look like they're frustrated. Anthony Davis still wants to win. I know he's putting up great numbers, but these two want to win another title. They want to cement their legacy in Lakerland. They already have. They want a title. They cemented their legacy for Lakers. But when you're these high-caliber players playing at this level, and you have a team that's not supporting that level, and LeBron teams love to play. LeBron's teams always want to play at the highest level. we got to get that straight. They're not in a rebuild. They're not in a retool. They don't want to wait and see. It's always about now. And you brought up a great point earlier about um, you know hiring within. The the LeBron Cavs that won the the championship in 2016, they made the change to Tyron Lue. Yeah within the staff and they won a title the hawks hired with outside the organization last year with quinn snyder and they actually got a little bit worse so you can look at those two scenarios and say it'd probably be in the best interest to make the change within lebron loves phil handy the players love phil handy i could probably advocate for that but any anybody on that coaching staff is probably well equipped to do so if they do make that change but you're right it's about winning now you can't you know, trade, you know, play the young guys like Jalen Hood Shafino got minutes and he just did not look comfortable. You can't play a 19 year old against the Heat and just expect to win all the time. Yeah. Uh, you need guys that are, are ready made. And that's why I say maybe a two for one, maybe a three for one to cut some of that depth off and maybe shorten up the rotations to, to give guys a clear role, Rorosh. I think that's the best thing right now. And it's two separate teams and obviously two separate sports. But, you know, when you looked at the Rams this season and cer- certainly after they got blown up by the Cowboys and you're thinking, yeah, this team's not a contender, certainly not a playoff team, they had a turning point and they went on a run there. Um, even to, to the Clippers, you know, didn't look great after the James Harden trade. Got a kind of a big moment there, turnaround game, won that game. Um, is that possible with the Lakers? I, I think the, the big problem here is that the Rams trusted and believed in Sean McVay. I believe this current Clippers team believed and trusted Ty Lue. Uh, if the trust has been fractured, and I don't know if that's the case, but it looks like it could be, perhaps that's why a turnaround is not possible. But when you look at two other local teams in terms of the Clippers and the Rams finding a way to kind of flip the script after struggling, can the Lakers do that, or or do they have to change the coach? The thing is with that, and, and when you're comparing it to those other two, those other two are on losing streaks, and the Lakers are on a losing streak. I thought that the in-season tournament championship would kind of kickstart this team to say, hey, yeah. we are legit. We can do that. And that's when I thought, oh my god, this Laker team, this is what I thought they would be before the season. And all, I mean, every other team in that bracket 
has been pretty good. Nine and three, nine and three, seven and six, I think is what the Pacers are. So I, there is an opportunity for the Lakers. If the Lakers get a signature win against, say, a Denver, a Minnesota, and they've lost to Minnesota twice in this kind of downfall. But if they get a win against the Bucks or maybe that, you know, against one of the top tier teams, the Sixers, Maybe that'll kickstart it because then, then whenever you have belief, that's when you start to go on a run. And that's why the Clippers went on a run because they said, Hey, we can actually win a basketball game with James Harden. And then they just went on a run. The Rams, they got that win against the Seahawks in a close game against the Seahawks team that was good at the time. And that, you know, propelled their run. So it is possible. And I keep saying that it's getting late. It's getting late. It's January. It's 2024. There is still a lot of basketball left yeah. to play, which is why I'm giving them a little bit of a leash. But yeah, there is the opportunity to do so before the trade deadline to kind of see where you're at. If they don't get on a run before the trade deadline, then you'll probably start to see changes. You know, it's sort of like a procrastinator. And I listen, I, that was the way that I was in college. You know, when you have success doing it and it's not great, but like, if you're like, like if I cram and I do everything that, that I need to do and I pass the class and you'll just continue doing that. I think, right. I think the fact that the Lakers were a below 500 team that was the 13th seed that doesn't, didn't look like they were going to smell the playoffs at the Super Bowl weekend. I remember that I was in Phoenix when the trade deadline came and they made all the deals and, and then they go on this run. Again, I don't think they're going to wait that long again. But uh, last question, I mean, do you, do you think that last season is why Rob Palenka may be hesitant to pull uh, the trigger on a move sooner than he should? Again, I think he kind of had to a year ago because of the Russell Westbrook contract. But he should do something sooner rather than wait, like, until Super Bowl weekend again. Yeah, and you know, Brandon, our good friend Brandon brings up the great point is that you can't be playing playoff games down the stretch to like yeah. kill your legs, especially with a 39-year-old LeBron and a Anthony Davis that has been injury prone. You can't be playing that high of minutes all the time. So making a move now, any type of move, just make a move at some point now. And like we mentioned with Kawhi Leonard, he's starting to play good now as opposed to later in the season, which is helping him. So Yes, it is a priority. You can't let this slide, especially in the standings. The Western Conference is loaded, and now the Lakers are 10th, tied with the Warriors. So you need to go on a run now to get back up into that playoff and avoid the play-in if possible. Yeah, I mean, that that, that battle for the 10th seed, and again, if this holds true, is going to be fascinating, mm-hmm. uh, where you got the Lakers, the Warriors, maybe not so much like the the, the Jazz are, are going to be in that, but like the Warriors and the Lakers, if they're battling it out oh, for man. that uh, 10 seed, that's going to be something. But um, just a cr- crazy story. Again, we, we've been kind of tracking it uh, for the past couple of weeks and to see that report come out Thursday that six sources, six that have a problem with maybe him or, or saying that something's wrong. I mean, I, it does seem like if the Lakers don't turn things around soon within the next week or so that a change could be made. Grant, you're the best. We will have you back on uh, next week. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again on Monday. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.